and welcome to Talking Point, Episode 2. And we are coming to you from the Wind Technology Studio here in the Chamber office and want to thank our media sponsor, Royal Credit Union. I am Chelsea Sikora, the Creative Director for the Eau Claire Area Chamber of Commerce, here with President and CEO Dave Miner and Vice President of Governmental Affairs, Scott Rogers. And we will get to talking about the latest and greatest. So, Dave, what are we discussing today? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the city budget process, the county budget process, to get people to understand how important it is for them to pay attention to what's going on. Um, you know, a, a lot of times I will say, you, you know, when issues come up throughout the year, there has to be a special meeting or we move money around, whatever the case may be. And really, I think as everybody understands, you know, as a resident of Eau Claire, the city or the county, those two boards have more impact on us than, than anybody really else, whether at the state or out in D.C. So, you know, currently right now the city is starting their budget process. And Scott, their overall budget is is how much? It's over ninety million dollars. So here, here we have an entity, and 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 what we talk about today, I would also say, um, is is transferable to the county, to the school districts, all of them. Um, but it's more important to pay attention now when it's being put together than try and change it after it's happened. So right now, the city council, um, as we're sitting here um, next week, we'll, we'll start deliberating on the budget. But it's a short timeline. Um, they're going to have a public hearing on uh, Monday night, November 13th, and they will then approve it the following night on Tuesday, November 14th. So we're talking a little less than a month almost that they're going to make decisions on how that $90 million is spent in our community. And again, part of this show, part of this podcast is to get people to understand what, what are the facts, how do things happen, and but more importantly sometimes, how do they address it? What do they do with it? So Scott, let's talk a little bit about how the city gets through the budget, where the opportunity comes for people to maybe address an issue, and, and how maybe they would do that. Yeah, and a perspective to have too is if you you know if, if you're part of a business, which is what most of our uh, listeners probably are, you know that if you're on a calendar year, you might be going through a budget process right now. You might be working with your departments and say, okay, what is our revenue going to be? What is our expenses going to be? We have to have more revenue than expenses. And with a public entity like uh, a, like uh, the city of Eau Claire or Eau Claire County or a school district. They have to say, what is our revenue going to be? What kind of services are going to provide? And we have to not run a deficit. I guess the only one that really can do that is the federal government, and we're not going to talk about that today. And they do it quite nicely. Um, so they've been going through that process internally. So um, the city of Eau Claire just uh, published uh, this week uh, their proposed budget from the city manager where they got input from their departments, looked at what does the city expect to do and accomplish next year, and then draft a budget that they're now presenting to the city council, who is the policy arm and the one that ultimately decides these questions. And so there's a, I don't have the number in front of me, and I should because we say we want to act on facts, but it's, I think, something like a 144-page budget document. But it does include narrative as to here's what we're expecting and uh, what we want to accomplish this year and what's going to cost and some of the things we're going to do new and some of the things we're not going to do because we don't have the money. Um, the new revenue sources like the wheel tax and the shared revenue additions and how much they affect the budget. So that process is going on right now. 
Uh, if you read our Business Advocate newsletter, we did have a story on it um, uh, where we link to that budget document, and you can take a look at it. It might be reading that would put you to sleep, uh, <laughs> but there are some narrative right at the beginning saying, okay, and then each of the uh, other entities, like the county, uh, the school districts, the other municipalities, they're all going through that right now, too. And one of the things that I interject here, too, is for our listeners to understand the importance of sharing what's important to you with a city. Because, again, they're dealing with an over an over $90 million budget for everything. What I've watched over my 30-some-plus years in, in the chamber industry is individuals or groups will go lobby for X and want the city to, to include that. But they don't take in context, well, where does that and then extra money come from? Or what do we take away from? So, you know, people may not like what I'm about to say, but if you're going to propose for something, you might want to take a look at the rest of the budget and say, okay, where does maybe that come from? You know, and it, because it's not easy. Not everything is going to get taken care of. But I think one of the things that I would love to see over time is how a community really talks about what is important to us. So those elected officials have a good idea, what should we be funding? I mean, we think about it on a personal basis, right? Have you ever had anybody say uh, your personal priorities, look at your checkbook? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have one, but I could give <laughs> well, my bank whatever we call somebody. this checkbook nowadays. Yeah, I don't write too many checks these days. Same. Some people do. <laughs> but how, you know, what does your yeah. how budget look like tells you your priorities. Absolutely, yeah. And, In the case of a public entity, there are mandates. You know, there are things they have to do, and uh, they have to pay their employees. They have to be competitive in their wages. Uh, They have responsibilities like uh, public safety. There are some things that are discretionary, and and it does ultimately fall to the city council and those 11 members to vote and decide what their priorities are. So in this process, they will be looking at what the city manager and the city staff has presented to them, and they're going to say, does that line up with our priorities? Uh, one of the things in their um, uh, timeline, and there is a timeline, if you go to that document on page 27, it gives out the timeline. Okay. They did force us to kind of dig for that. <laughs> you have to read it to find it. Um, and I gave Kitsy a little bit of a hard time about their finance director. I said I had to go well into the document to find your timeline. But but it is there, and um, uh, so the council had a work session on October 10th. They're having another one on October 24th, and they will at that time discuss any amendments they might want to make. So if you have thoughts on the budget, you could talk to your, if you live in the city of Eau Claire, talk to your district representative, the at-large representative, the city city, uh, council president, Emily Berge, and if there are things you have questions about, you could contact city staff, or if it's something you'd really like to have changed, that is the time to do it, and they will be looking at those sorts of things any amendments the um, city council is going to ask for the budget will have to be in by November 3rd, and then there's that public hearing on the 13th. They're going to vote on it on the 14th, and they have to do that to have everything in place for uh, all of the, the uh, tax levies and the spending Correct. and other yep. things for the new uh, calendar year. But again, I, I, I don't know we can stress enough to, to people that don't wait for the last minute. Again, if you have thoughts or concerns or whatever, 
um, contact your city councilor and, and, and say, hey, this is what I see in the budget. Can you explain it to me? Um, you know, or can you help me understand better what this means? Or, again, you, you, if you see there's money not being directed towards something, that way they have time to, to bring it into that discussion when the council's talking and not try to do it again at the last minute. And it's not too early to realize that next year, when you look at their timeline in June and July is when the city staff was working on Correct. it. Yep. What do we think is happening next year, how that might be reflected in the budget? And then the finance department and the city manager and others have to start in that period between then and when they've just presented it in October. That's when they're kind of wrestling with all the priorities. And there's there's references in the budget document that, you know, we had these requests from departments that we did not fund because we didn't have the money. And again, it I goes to my point a little bit earlier is, you know, we have to remember, as you said, you know, take a look at your checkbook. We have to remember that this, you know, the, the, the funds available to the city are not unlimited, you know, and, and they have to make those choices of, you know, bond rating and how much we bond for and what is it going towards. You know, I know some people probably may be shocked about this, but actually for city and county governments, I learned many years ago, there it's a good thing that they have a certain amount of debt. Now, you don't want to get out of control of that, but that all needs to be talked about and looked at again versus just saying, I want X. Well, where is it going to come from? And they have adopted some policies as to what is our limit, how, and they're, they're, I believe their policies are less than what is allowed by law, yes, but some of that's right. being fiscally responsible. And so uh, past city management and past councils have put some of those uh, parameters in place so that you hear about municipalities in other states and other places that you know, are approaching bankruptcy, that sort yeah. of thing, and you have to be f- responsible in your spending. Well, and, and I, one of the things that I also remind, again, we're, we're focusing on the city just because they're going through their process right now. The, you know, the school district has a different timeline for their fiscal year, uh, same with the county. But with the county right now, again, what I would say is for those of us that live in the city, you have a county representative as well. You have a voice into what the county budget's going to do. And I would say, at least in my time frame, Scott Knight, I would think would be the same for you. Most people don't understand what the county funds and, and what is, again, probably for them their biggest issue is what they're mandated for, and a lot of that isn't covered by the state. That's right, and it's quite a different function, and they do a lot of things. And uh, the county, we talked about the city council. There's 11 members. The county has 29 members, and that's all by district and there's something like 3,600 people in each district. So it's actually pretty small. Yeah. And if you call your county board member, you're probably going to talk to them directly because it's not like trying to reach your congressman or U.S. Oh my senator. Gosh. No, yeah. And, and we just had our uh, Government Affairs Committee meeting this morning. We talked a little bit about this editorial that was in the paper this past week about the importance from an elected official's point of view how important it is for them to hear from their constituents. They hear from the paid lobbyists or, or all those other, you know, the staff and everything. But it is critical for them when they make those decisions, are they hearing from people who actually live in their district and what does this mean to them? Right. And I, we probably should mention we're recording this on October 12th, if you want to have the perspective. But <laughs> yep. I think everything we've said is timely uh, for things that are happening for the rest of the month of October. So you mentioned the Business Advocate newsletter in the beginning of this episode. How can someone access that if they're not an investor? Where else can they go to gather all of those resources? Well, it is available at no charge for our investors, and we'll be glad to send it to you 
usually on Mondays. We just say the first business day of the week. Uh, and uh, I think you can just sign up for it on our website when you go to your login or just let us know. If you're not an investor and want to check it out, if you go to our website uh, and uh, go to our blog, uh, when you click on that and go to advocacy, you'll be able to look at back issues or the most recent issue and read what it's all about. And if you're an investor and you want to go to a one, oh, I read that. I think I read that last month and I didn't save the email. Uh, you can go into our blog. There is a business advocate newsletter page there and you can look at back issues. Perfect. Message of the day. Let your voice be heard. There you go. So we're talking about budgets and, and all of that, you know, Certainly the city, I, I think it's fair to say, was hoping to see more in shared revenue than, than what they received. But we do have the benefit of, of being one of the few areas in the state of Wisconsin that's growing, which means that that, that tax base is growing. But yesterday we were very fortunate to do a, a ribbon cutting for the grand opening of the new uh, Menominee Food Co-op right downtown. Let's talk a little bit about, Scott, about the development of housing and how all of that is helping drive the retail and and, and the co-op and some of these other things because you are a resident of downtown. Yeah, I happen to live downtown. It's really nice. Uh, Hashtag why we live downtown. (laughs) Yeah, why we live downtown. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've gone to be able to go to one car. Sometimes that's a challenge, but uh, uh, we appreciate all the amenities nearby. But the the thing to think about, um, what we have going for us in Eau Claire, and one of the reasons we get involved in policy is we, we don't want to mess it up. We want to keep Correct. this going. So two things that uh, have come out fairly recently, um, Eau Claire County and the city of Eau Claire uh, and the city of Altoona especially are some of the fastest growing communities in the state. Uh, and also um, Eau Claire County and the city of Altoona uh, were the highest increase in net new construction this year, and Eau Claire was one of the highest in the large cities. Yeah. And so we've got people who want to live here. We got people who are investing here. Um, we worry about things like parking downtown because people actually want to come here, right? That's correct. And yes. so the more you have to come down for, it means you have to manage that. We had a few hiccups uh, in the discussion. This got into the budget because at one point the city wanted to put in paid on street parking revenue in the budget. And it was just too soon to do that. We Correct. need to be thinking about yeah. how are we going to manage this. There are a lot of alternatives uh, that might be something we have to do in the future, but we really have to solve some issues and come to some consensus on things before we would take that step. And you can be assured the chamber is going to be at the table. We're going to be thinking about the business community and the wider community and how can we keep this momentum going and, and manage it in a way that uh, doesn't take us the other direction. And, and I think to elaborate that in a little bit, that's what – I, I would hope people look at is development can be good and, and, and as long as it follows the process and, and it meets the plan that the city has, it's meeting the codes and all of that other thing. You know, you know I've said this for a long time in my 30 plus years, I've never had a business come to me and say, Dave, how can I cheat the system? They want to know the rules, they want to know the guidelines, and they don't want them changed in the middle of the game. And so I, I think as we look at development, when people say, do we need all this? Yes, we do. You know, Again, we can't keep up with it, but we just need to make sure everybody understands they, the businesses are following the plan. They're, they're, they're looking at the codes. They're looking at the areas. They're not doing something that's just out, outrageous. 
And speaking of that, maybe next time we can talk about the zoning code rewrite. I think and it, that be will be more exciting than it sounds. <laughs> and it is more important. I like how you looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're right. Again, and I think that's something that as a community, they, they need to understand what, what, what that means and how long it's been since it's been reviewed. And uh, again, how does that help business um, do what they do well but again, going into the game, know what the rules are. Uh, we're going to be following very closely where it makes sense for the business community to weigh in, and we have a perspective. And we work with other, like on the zoning code rewrite, we work with other partners like the Chippewa Valley Home Builders or the Realtors Association to make sure we're, we're doing the right things that are going to be in the best interest of the community. But again, I encourage people, you know, if you want to know more about the budget with any of these entities, all of their documents are, are online. Like Scott said, you can find them. Uh, they're probably not the best of reading unless you're having trouble sleeping, and that would work. But, you know, as, as my grandfather and my father taught me from a young age on, um, if you don't participate in the process, you really shouldn't have an opportunity to complain about it later because, you know, it, it just doesn't work. So pay attention to what the city is doing, understand where the funds are going, but also understand there's a, there's a limited amount. Our wonderful producer is here. <laughs> I'm going to turn the reins of this Amen. machine back to her. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to episode two of Talking Points. want to thank our studio sponsor, Win Technology, and media sponsor, Royal Credit Union. And this isn't the only podcast that the Chamber hosts. Feel free to tune in to season two of our Business Matters podcast. The season premiere went out in September with episode two coming soon. So thank you very much, and until next time. Music.